following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Welcome, everybody, to episode 20, the big 2-0 of Stories from the Sidelines. Back this week from his week vacation, his hiatus, Matt Keogh. Wasn't a vacation. Wasn't a vacation. Matt, where were you? A little, uh, I had to coach a workout. He had to coach. Sometimes, sometimes we have stories from the sidelines. Sometimes we're too busy coaching to get on the stories from the sidelines. How did it go? It was all right. Was it just a, like a, an actual gymnastics tournament or a little no, one-on-one so one event? for the entire team. So, like, anybody who is, participates on the team sport can come in and work on skills for two hours, just, like, whatever they want to do. So Sweet. Some more, like, station work type deal? Um, We like to give them freelance to say, like, we us coaches are air, like, stationed somewhere, but they can work on whatever they want. Nice. Yeah. Nice. What And what station were you at? I was at Pama Horse and the Mushroom for the little, little kids, and then I went to High Bar for a little bit. All right, mushroom. What is that like? A small? So it's like it. It looks like a mushroom, and it has like a rubber top to it, and there's lines, and it's to base. It's basically like a pommel horse for the younger kids because obviously they can't get up that high. Listen, I can't get up that high for the pommel horse either. So <laughs> I can do a cartwheel. <laughs> I did That's one cartwheel. And I got super excited, and I can't show it because I can't let them know I don't know how to do a cartwheel. I remember taking the gymnastics courses at Canisius, and I was so excited because one day I did a round off. That was about that was about best it. Day of your life. That was the best day of my life. Oh my goodness. And to celebrate our big twentieth episode is a man who is here for episode number one to start it off. Uh Dan Norton. Dan, welcome back. Yeah, thanks for having me. Excited nope. to be back. Absolutely. It took a while to get you back here. Doing during all those renovations of the house and finding uh, what was, what's the latest thing you found an electrical box buried in your ceiling? Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> so wait, buried in your ceiling? Yeah, in my ceiling. I was taking out my ceiling, which I probably shouldn't do. But okay. yeah, there was an electrical box in there, so I had to get that fixed last uh, night. I love it. Um, again, we're coaches. We can we can do whatever you know. We got electrical. We can do that. We got you know knocking down some walls. We can do that. You know, we're we're Mister Johnny on the spot over here. <laughs> I don't know if I am either. So, hey, we make just like coaching. We oh, sure. as long as we as long as we appear to know what we're doing, we can do it. Make coaching. it until you make it. That's yeah. right. I mean, just don't trust me with electrical wires. I don't trust myself with that. As long as you turn off the power, you're good. That's right. See, I don't do that. Sometimes. Wear, wear rubber know. gloves. You're you're good. Make sure you're grounded. You're good. <laughs> All right. So we're gonna get things started. Coming in hot. Um, I just bought a new car a couple days ago. Is that uh, outside? That is out outside, the little silver one. I think I love it. When we first put a down payment on it, we didn't see it. So they said silver. I thought it was going to be more like gray, but it's silver. I instantly saw it, and I thought the DeLorean from – I thought like a SUV DeLorean from Back to the Future. <laughs> That's the color it is, but I love it. I love it. Love having a new car. But, man, why does it take so long at the car dealer? Like we we went there the first time, we we looked at a few cars. We got a Hyundai Tucson, um, looked at it, looked at a couple cars, wrote it, and then 
decided we're going to put a down payment on it. They didn't have the one that we wanted. We got a 2022, didn't have the one that he wanted. So he said, all right, you can put a down payment on it. As soon as it comes in, we can, you can see test drive it. If you like it, we'll sign We'll have all the paperwork ready to go and you can drive off. If not, whatever, it's a refundable deposit. You can take the deposit. We'll give it back to you and see if there's something else you want. So we did that car came in. We went, we test drove it, drove fine. All the paperwork was supposedly ready. We got there at 3.30, didn't leave till almost 8 o'clock. How? And throughout the week, he's like, okay, well, can you forward me? You know, I need a copy of your license, forwarded that. All right, I need a copy of your insurance, forwarded that. Need a copy of your this, forwarded that. Guy kept telling me, like, all right, we got some. Don't worry. Once you get your test drive, come back. We'll sign a few things. You'll be in and out in 20 minutes. That's that's a long 20 minutes. And it was, oh, well, we forgot, you know, we got your insurance, but we forgot to call the DMV or we forgot to you. Did you tell us what your insurance agent? Yes, it's State Farm. Yes. But did you tell us who your local guy? Yes, it's Dan Schmidt. Oh, well, we've yeah. Yep, nope. I see here. Sorry. That was my bad. That was my bad. Like, dude, come on. Is just this the actual dealership. This is the actual dealership. Oh, like, come on. Just I, I'm not going to say the dealership's name. I could rat him out. <laughs> It wasn't the, uh, you know, it wasn't South Towns. It was, um, you know, maybe the opposite of South Towns. That sounds pretty heavy. High Towns. Not East Towns, you know, maybe North Towns. But uh, just, man, just, you know, it seemed like, and, and this happens all the time. Anytime I've gotten a new car or a used car or anything, it seems like it's quicker to, you know, close on a house than it is to get a car. I mean, it's just ridiculous. You got to wait for this. You got to wait for that. You got to call the DMV. You got to call your insurance. You got to call this. You got to call the insurance or the uh, registration. You got to, it's just, come on. I've got the money here. I've got, you know, I'm going to sign the loan. I've been approved. Let me sign a few things and go. A couple years ago, we refied uh, the loan on our house. It literally took 25 minutes. It was just all a bunch of e-docs. All right, sign this, sign this, sign this. The lawyer came over. Ba-ba-boom. We literally did it in our living room. Easy peasy, 20 minutes. Why can't a car be like that? So I'm, car I'm, I'm coming in hot with that. Um, love the car, though. Fantastic. Um, I mean, my old car was a 2015 Jeep. Um, Dan knows by the end, you know, it was it was it was up there at age. It's doing its time. It was doing it. It, it put in its work. It, it, it paid its dues. So it was time for a new car. Love the new car. Um, I've got the push button, push button start. I've got no shifter. It's just push for park, push for reverse, Ooh, push for drive. I don't know, I, I don't know if I, could I, don't know if I it, like that. It takes a while to get used to. I'm like, I need something just to rest my hand on like something. Right. But it's, uh, I'm loving it. Um, it. Everything's push button this or talk to text. I'm loving it. And I'm not a technology guy, but I love it. If you say I'm loving it one more time, I think we can get sponsored by McDonald's. dun 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 Free McDouble. <laughs> I don't need any more McDonald's. Yeah, that's what that is. I was going to say, I don't need any more McDonald's. I've had too much. All right. Um, anything you guys want to come in hot on? I feel like I'm the only one that comes in hot. Anything? Uh, Sir, you're just a mad man. You're I just, am. You're just getting angry. <laughs> yeah, I got nothing. But I feel like this is my this is my way of like becoming less angry this by venting outlet, it out. This is my outlet. Lessons. All right. Um, little Bill's talk. Any... Uh, you know, big big win over the Saints Thanksgiving big win and big loss at the same time. Yep. Yeah, um, 
Thoughts on yep. thoughts on Trey White being out for the season? It's gonna be rough. You know what Someone's though? Someone's gonna step up. Somebody's got to step up, and you know what? I mean, we, I know we've got the Patriot this Patriots this Monday. Mac Jones doesn't throw it deep. I feel like if there's a team that we can beat that it shouldn't affect all that much, it would be New England. I mean, if you look at Mac, I think there was a, a stat that came out his last what some like fifty sixty throws. Only three of them have been more for more than like 15 yards total error. I mean, it's, it is a lot of dink and dunk. Uh, thankfully, I'm, I'm happier that we've got, you know, Edmonds back. We've got Milano back and healthy. Um, so hopefully that should be able to neutralize it. But, I mean, it's going to be rough against a lot of the other games, but um, especially, Brady. especially Brady coming up the week after. Um, I think we'll be good without trade white for at least New England. I'm hoping. But, yeah, it's uh, – I was kind of like on the defense, but like literally anybody else I would have been cool Levi with. Levi Wallace. Take Levi Wallace. That's <laughs> <laughs> what we want. Take Levi. But, um, and this goes back, I mean, even at trade deadline, there were cornerbacks out there to be had. Did we, you know, miss the ball? What was it? The guy from, uh, the guy from Denver went for like a fourth round pick. Uh, is it uh, not Farley? There was somebody out there. They went for like a third or fourth round pick from Denver. I think they're cornerback. There were guys out there to be had. I mean, at this point, even bring Richard Sherman. His bringing him to his crazy butt over here. He went to. Did he go San Francisco? No, he was on San. He was on San Francisco. He was on Seattle. Went to San Francisco. Yeah. Where is, is he now? Rams? Maybe. I don't know. That sounds I, right. I know, I know OBJ went to the Rams. I feel I'm gonna. I'm gonna. OBJ went to the Rams. Uh, did he go to Tampa Bay where everybody else seems to go to retire? No. It's a good place. It is a good place. A lot of wrestlers live there for some reason. Great weather. Great weather. Um, oh, yeah, you're right. He's on Tampa Bay. Did he go to Tampa Bay? Yeah. I figure everybody now. Tampa Bay's Tampa's trendy. Tampa's the place to go. I think it's funny that he's on the same team as Tom Brady, who he basically almost cussed out on TV. <laughs> Pretty much. A few times. Yeah. Um, I feel like, though, Brady's been around the league long enough where everybody's Probably almost cussed him out on TV by now. He's used to it. He's used to it. That stupid car commercial with Tom Brady in it that always comes on during football team, like football Sunday. It's like it's a rechargeable. It's like oh, you can like get a rechargeable rent a car, and it's just like Tom Brady sitting there with a rechargeable thing, and he's like, oh, he comes in here every week. <laughs> Speak of the goat. <laughs> I just I feel like he's I feel like he's doing more commercials now that he's in Tampa than he ever did when he was in New England. I think it's because he's like adapted some sort of like a movie star persona now. Yeah. But I feel like he's also playing like even at this point of his career, he's just like, whatever, I'm here in nice weather. I'm still getting paid millions of dollars. Eh. I feel like in New England he had to be focused or Bilicek would have, you know, made him do extra sprints, whatever. Now I think he's just like eh. new team, new him. New team, new him. It's more of the laid back, Brady. Don't get me wrong. He has his his just physical stature has evolved in a positive way from when he got drafted to now, which is weird to say. Unrealistic. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's a robot. Like, I mean, like you look at him when he got drafted and you look at him now and I was like, you, you were ever like, seen him run? Yeah, well, that's yeah. But, it's like, but you're like 21 when you get drafted. 22. And then he's like in his 40s now and he looks great i was like mm-hmm. i don't get it yeah it's uh all the millions at work all, i was gonna yeah, say was... when you got money you can you can hit that fountain of youth pretty quick too bad his 
wife makes more than he does still. Speaking of that, I hear uh, things aren't all that happy between him and uh, Giselle over there. <laughs> I don't care. Hey, listen, if I had Giselle, I'd keep her happy. That's that's just me. She's not happy unless he wins the Super Bowl. Well, like you said, she's got more money than she's the breadwinner. She is. The she's the breadwinner in the family. <laughs> all right, so Dan, of course, um, track and field season is underway for indoor. Um, this is your seventh year for indoor, sixth year for indoor. I think seventh year. I know um, you've you've done in, you've done indoor one year longer because I know you came on and then the next year I switched over from bowling to indoor. Um, which great bowling, move. It, it's a great move, except during track meets. Like I'm not gonna lie, I'm not looking forward to this Saturday where we're literally gonna be gone from three in the afternoon till if we're lucky one in the morning. One in the morning. And I'm not kidding. Our track, our track and field meet starts at 6 p.m. at Houghton. Oh, oh yeah. Middle of nowhere. Middle, Middle of nowhere. nowhere. So oh, we are literally, we'll get there at 6. I'm hoping the track meet is over by 10 so that we can get on the bus by 1030 and we can be home by midnight. Why I'm hoping. so late? <laughs> yeah, split up all the meets. Too many teams. Thanks, COVID. COVID. But, wow. yeah, it's... Uh, it is a lot of fun, but those track meets are – I feel like everything else about it is fun. Track meets, it's true. It's very not true. so much. The dining hall at Houghton is pretty fun. I do. Big props up to the dining hall there. I'm Great, hoping – Fantastic food. I'm hoping COVID doesn't kill that because I did like our dining hall runs. Yeah. Um, disappear for a half an hour. Not disappear. Just, you know, we'd go out, uh, you know, surveying the campus. Yeah, yeah, make sure there's no students running. That's right. We were, uh, you know, snow. we were running security. Um, I still remember when we came back the first, the first time we went to the cafeteria, we came back and I was so happy cause I kept the pudding balanced on there the whole time, yeah, the whole time. <laughs> until I went <laughs> I to sit down and it. just dropped it oh, not oh. only on the floor, but on the treadmill. On the treadmill so yep. I had to clean the treadmill off. I had, it was, it, it was, was bad. N- it was bad. Um, and I, I was upset that I did not get my pudding that day. Yeah. Unfortunate. I wonder if they're going to make us sit there and eat now. I... I have a feeling we're not going to be going to the cafeteria. I have a feeling even if we try there, we're going to need to probably show school ID, this kind of ID, proof of vaccine, uh, give a blood type, uh, make sure we type in a password. Like I'm, I'm pretty we sure it's going to be locked down. We need to. <laughs> um, so indoor, Dan. Uh, now you, you're you do the sprinters and the jumpers. Um, between sprinting and jumping, what's like? What's your favorite one to coach? Or about the same? Not no real preference. I think I got to go jumping. I don't know. That's just it's more fun. More fun to watch. More fun to watch. I feel like it's more technical too. Sprint running, running is pretty technical, but you know, if you don't have the speed, you know, yeah. you're not going to win. Yeah. You know, whereas jumping, it's more of a technique along with the speed. So it's good. It's it's fun to watch them progress. You know, we got some jumpers coming up this year that. I'm pretty interested to see what happens. I think, and we were talking about this before, um, a lot of 8th graders this year, a lot of 7th and 8th graders. Yeah. Um, do you find that they're, for 7th and 8th grade, for the middle school kids, it's they pick it up quicker, they pick it up slower? Like, how do you, I mean, so far, how are they picking it up? I think they're they're doing okay. You know, uh, we got a pretty good group that wants to come out, you know, and, and run and participate. 
where in years past we've had some athletes that just come to hang out and socialize. So they've been they've been doing pretty good. I think you know they're sticking with me because they have me in school. So you know they're just kind of staying home where it's comfortable. But you know we're gonna branch them out, make them do some new stuff, and it should be interesting in five years. Now this is your first time, first year where you're actually teaching at at the high school while you're coaching. Um, do you find it's easier to like to kind of get kids to come out for the team that way, a little bit easier to recruit, or is it more of a more of a hassle? I think it's easier. Um, you know, you find more kids that you'd be like, oh, I'd want that kid on the team, but then you kind of see how they act around the hallways, and you're like, hmm, that's maybe another year, yeah, maybe next year when they're older, or you know. And it's it's easier because then you know any discipline problems, you know any kids that are getting in trouble in class, you know now we're able to hold them more accountable, which is nice. Yeah, like years past. Yeah, especially if you if you like you said if you have them in class, but like hey, um, you kind of bombed that last test, but like you know maybe maybe you need to sit out of practice, maybe you need to uh, maybe tomorrow's practice is going to be a little tougher because you got a you decided to get a thirty on that last quiz or last test. Not that we haven't, you know, our athletes are pretty smart, so. Yeah, they're good kids, you know, and fortunately, I don't give tests, so. <laughs> I'm a nice teacher like that. No homework, no tests. No homework, no tests, but like, you get an A, you get an A, you get an A. All right, they get Bs. Come on now. <laughs> Got to make it look believable. Yeah, come on. C's get degrees, man. C's, C's get degrees? Yeah. That is the, that is, that is the rule. <laughs> that is the saying. I love it. I've seen it done. I love it. Oh, now Matt, you ran. You ran in high school. I ran in middle school. Middle school. Get close to that mic. We can't hear you. I ran in middle school. Actually, you didn't do high school at all. No. Really? I thought you did. I thought you did track. I know soccer was your big sport, but I thought you did track in high school too. No, I did one year track, <laughs> and that was that was a wrap. Well, it was weird because afterwards, like, I went to high school and I. Wanted to branch out and try all these different things, and track kind of just fell by the wayside. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, but that's one thing. It seems like track and field now. I mean, when I ran um, back in the '90s, it was more you ran because you wanted to run, or you ran because you know you're you're keeping yourself in shape for soccer or for football or whatever. Now, Dan, we talked about this a little bit too. Is it more, is track and field becoming more of just a social sport? More of just where, hey, I want to go there because five of my friends are running or because it's the quote unquote cool thing to do where I'm bored? Yeah, I think it is a social sport, but that is across the board too. You know, numbers are down. So you get kids where you can, you get athletes where you can, you know. So grab your friends, grab someone you know, grab your cousin, come play. You know, we need, we need people. So yeah, I think it is. It turns into a social sport. You know, I know I ran not necessarily by choice. I was told by the coach, "You have to. I'll see you in the spring," because you didn't run for me during the winter. I was like, "Oh, okay, sounds good." So more of a fear factor back then. But now, yeah, it's just kind of grab. You know, you see a kid that looks athletic or a kid that is a good kid class, and you're like, "Hey, you know, why don't you run track?" Absolutely sounds fun. I mean, the only reason I ran, the only reason I ran track and field in high school was. Hey, I'm going to stay in shape for soccer. Um, you know, did that my freshman year and ended up, you know, loving the sport, ended up becoming a decent miler, two miler. Um, in 1910. In 19, back in the, no, 19, 1920s, 1920s. Oh, Come on. I'm the not that old. 1920s. 1920s. That's right. The roaring 20s. 
Um, but it was all suits to run. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We had to run uphill that's both when the ways. Fedoras were back. That's from the fedoras were there. Yeah, listen, they would them. give you a five second penalty if you weren't running with your fedora. Had to tape it to your head. <laughs> with the feather or without the feather? That was optional. That was optional. Okay. That was optional. Extra points for the feather, though. <laughs> That's right. Only if it was your school colors, though. Okay. All right. All right. Only if it was That's your only school for colors. invitationals, guys. Come on. That's right. Uh, no, it was I, – I ran it because my soccer coach basically said, hey, unless you have – unless you're a baseball player, you're running track and field. You know, you have no other spring sport. Do it. Uh, and then my competitiveness, I just, you know – if I'm going to do something, I want to do it. You're going to buy in. I'm buying in, even though I really didn't like my track coach all that much. But that's all right. That's another story. Um, speaking of stories, we were the rides to Houghton. Oh, geez. Dan, um, <laughs> for those of you guys who don't know, indoor track, most of the meets, there are a few where we'll have Buff State meets who aren't too far, but – the other, the majority of the season is what an hour and forty five, an hour, hour and a half, half. Uh, bus ride from from Kenton to Houghton. Um, some of those bus rides are just long, hot, hot, and bus es- drivers do not know how to turn the heat down. No, especially especially there were a couple times where. You're literally sitting – I know one time I was literally sitting under the heater. By the time we got to the school, I mean, I've got my jacket off. I've got my sweatshirt off. I've got just a T-shirt on. I mean, I'm just like, oh, my God. I'm like I'm sweating 20 pounds over here. I feel like you're going to pass out. Yeah, I'm like, listen, I'm drinking water, not because I want to be healthy right now because i got to stay hydrated. I just dropped two gallons of sweat on the time of the bus. And then you ask the bus driver, can you turn off the heat? They'll turn it off for like five minutes, then they start getting, and they'll crank it right back up like five minutes later. Or they needed the froster, and it's just all hooked into one, so you don't have a choice. Yep. Well, you look over there, and they're like the ones with the window open. Yeah, they Somewhere are. Yeah, they've too. got the window they open. They've got the window open, so they're cold. It's like, well, just shut the window. And then the oh, second yeah. you go to open your window that you get yelled at, be like, no, 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 roll that window back. We're like, dude, come on, I'm dying here. Give me something. <laughs> yeah, I try not to fall asleep on most of those rides. Usually what I do. Well, the early the early rides there. I mean, I know for me, especially in the times where we're leaving at five thirty, six, six thirty in the morning for those, some of those rides to get there by noon. Um, I'm I'm up. We'll take attendance, and then I'm usually right to sleep. Yeah, I drink a coffee, and I'm still out. I don't know. It's crazy. <laughs> it's just, and that's what you get the you get the text in the morning. Dan, what do you want? Larry, what do you want? Can you, Dan, can you pick me up an Oreo ice cap? Or or something where it's just Open for the best. <laughs> or you're making that run. You know whoever whoever hits the Tim Hortons um drive line driveway through is gonna pick up coffee for the rest. So it's just all right, who hasn't uh, I haven't had a text from Dan yet. All right, I'm here. Dan, what do you want? And it's just it they are such a long bus ride. I think that's the worst part of coaching indoor track. Is By the long the worst. is the long bus rides. Well, how are the kids though? On the bus? Yeah. Typical, yeah. Typical. Not that, like like we said, our our kids are pretty good. You know, they they're not too rambunctious. You know, we don't have. I wouldn't say any issues like other teams with. I don't know swearing really that much or anything like that. Good bunch of kids, so it's just like it's loud. You know, the six a.m. ones are like, hey, I'm trying to go back to bed. Like, why are you screaming? So are they like, so obviously, the older you get, the harder mornings get. Are they? 
feeling the same or are they like really wired at six in the morning? I feel like that feeling the same. They're feeling the same. I feel like that first the first 20 minutes of that bus ride, you still get the kids that are just waking up that are groggy. But then it's about 20, 30 minutes. That's when somebody that's when somebody turns on the music. Somebody busts out their uh, their iPad or, or iPod or whatever and just starts blaring the music from the back of the bus and or talking loud or giggling or laughing. So about 20, 30 minutes in. It gets loud and it gets nonstop loud, like nonstop. But then on the bus ride home, bus ride home is usually isn't too. Everyone bad. falls asleep. Yeah, but I'm up at that point. So yeah, that's where I've had so many coffees. At that point, I've had the coffee on the bus ride there. Coffee the, when we get there. Coffee when we get there. Dining coffee room. at about halfway through the meet. Dining room coffee. Coffee for the bus ride back. Although it was great that one year when we found the cappuccino machine. That was it. Yeah, that, that was, was a dining room. That was a game changer. Those cappuccino machines were something. <laughs> and it was fantastic because it was one of those where you just – it was almost like a uh, – Press the button. And press the button, out. but it was a good one. It was like you, it was like you go to a good gas station and get the cappuccino, the one that you press the button. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, unfortunately, I did steal that cup, though, that time. Remember because they didn't have to-go cups and I wanted some? Not steal. Borrow. Well, borrow. I put it back in somewhere. I don't know. I returned it the next year. Uh, actually, I remember that, yeah, because they didn't have any they more of the paper any, cups. They didn't have any paper cups, and I got one of the plastic, you know, the classic, like, food yeah. court plastic cup, and I, had, I took it back. I, I feel had, like everybody was taking those. I had to, I had oh, to yeah. do it. You know, I was tired. You know, it was just such a good cappuccino. I had to, had to take it. I remember college, college on the first college apartment, I think I'd say 90% of our uh, silverware and stuff was either from Applebee's or TGI Friday's or the dining hall. Yeah. Or just you're paying enough money. The least you could do is just give us one silver. thing. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely, one every time we go, it's fine. But like my tuition check paid for this. It's see, cool. See, at my my dining hall never let you take food out of it. Like, all right, obviously, like the one that you could like go and get it, but like the upstairs dining one where it was like an all you could eat buffet, you couldn't take like a dessert or something out with you, which is. I was like, I don't understand this. Like, we have to barter with the uh, woman working the. The counter usually to get a to go cup. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. I don't understand that. Well, there was a couple times we had to barter just to get in. Just to get in. Yeah, <laughs> but like it's they. What's their reasoning? I forget. It's because if you're for sick students or students that are sick, they are allowed to come in and get it and then go. Yeah, because we couldn't get the containers, like the actual food to, containers. Yeah. And she's like, "Oh, well, just say you're sick students if they ask." And we're like, oh, "Okay, like okay." I look like students, too. I look like a student, but all right. I think at one point I was coughing while I'm getting food. <laughs> Let me get some. <clears throat> all this bacon. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's like the thing. They're so strict on like watching how you take food out, but you could you could take so much other stuff, and they just goes under the radar. Oh yeah. Oh, completely. But if you're like walking out with like an ice cream cone, they're like, "What are you doing?" Yeah, but like, dude, it's just it's it's just chocolate. Like, I'm sorry, you're gonna put that away. It's like, oh, she knows everything that's in my backpack. That ice cream cone in your hand, you gotta throw it yeah. out. Like, yep. Oh, like okay, okay, okay. you got me, you got me. I'm sorry, it was a waffle cone. I couldn't resist. You got me. Oh yeah, God. we we had like a cold stone at mine when I when I was really? at Cortland. Yeah, like the like they had the whole like cold. I don't even know what that is. Like the workspace, and they would like mash up everything you want into it. Dang. Where was this? At Cortland. Canisius had none of that. Still have nothing. Canisius Hortons. Canisius was Moving fantastic up. because you knew when they were having like some kind of big dinner because in the dining hall we got the leftovers the next day. Like the the next day, whether they were 
entertaining guests or whatever. The next day dining hall, it was awesome. Like, dude, we got roast beef. We got that. Like, somebody. I've never eaten at the college. You have that one. What's that one, like, restaurant place they got on, on campus? It's. it's right off, yeah. It's right off Maine. It's in, like, that dorm building over there. It's like, a, it's like a wing spot or whatever. I don't know what it's called. Is it? I don't know. I, I don't know. I know. I went when there we... one time. The food was good. Okay. But not oh. that memorable, I guess, because I can't think of the name. Is it on the side of Forest Lawn, or is it on the other side with, like, most of the buildings? On the other side with most of the buildings. Hmm. I'm almost positive that's where it was. It was a while ago. I was is that the one above? Isn't there one like above Palisano? It was downstairs in the building. Like, you went in, you went down, and it was like a... Then it's not above. No. I have no idea. I have no idea. I don't know. Maybe I know. I up. think when I was there, there was there was the dining hall, obviously. Then there was, I think it was Old Main. There was one in like Main, Main. Yeah. And then I think there was one above Palisano. I don't know. It was like more of like it was more of like a fast food type of place where you can go there and get like chicken fingers, chicken wing su- or chicken finger subs. I don't like. I've never I've never eaten at Canisius. What are like What are the places they have there? I'm trying to. So they have a Starbucks. And get close to that, Mike. There's a Starbucks. That's what better. places are there? Starbucks. At Canisius, they have a Starbucks? Yeah, they got a Starbucks at Starbucks. Yeah, Starbucks. At Canisius. Yeah, not Panera, Starbucks. <laughs> um, that's in the New Science Building. And then there's a Tim Hortons that's like in the library, kind of like as it's connecting to Old Main. Okay. Then the dining hall. I'm pretty sure that's it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure What's, what they still shop don't have 120 because I'm I'm looking right shop now. 120. Now that sounds familiar, but and then there's this place called Dryer Subs, the pickup. It's on Canisius like campus. Yeah, I'm on Canisius right now on the website. It's Canisius Dining. I had no idea. Well, again, I live like since I'm live at home, I don't eat. There you go. I don't. Yeah, yeah. you I'm don't like, eat there. I'm not gonna pay money to eat there. I already paid True. way too much. I was to gonna go to say school. you pay way too much to go to school. Yeah, so. No, we had the dining. We had the dining dollars, and uh, I think my plan freshman year, every, you had whatever dining plan you got. On addition to it, you had like fifty free. Um, I forgot what they called them, Griff dollars or something oh, yeah. on your student ID. So if you didn't use it by the end of the semester, you lost it. Yep. So you always knew at the end of the semester, and you could use it on anything like Stack vending up. machines, this and that. So you'd see kids at the end of the semester be like, all right, dude, I've got 40 bucks here. I'm going to buy a pop. I'm going to go here, buy some laundry detergent. I'm going to go buy here, buy some. They had a, a ice cream uh, ice cream place down behind or down below Palisano when I was there. Great milkshakes. Yeah. But, no, um, we yeah. had that at Cortland. We were allowed to use it at actual businesses. Oh, wow. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, Actually, that would have been fantastic. Mark's, Mark's Pizza. I'd go. They would take. They, they would, would take, take my Cortland ID and swipe it, and I'd pay for my whatever ten dollar pizza. I get a whole large pizza for ten bucks. Yeah, that's fantastic. Home, enjoy it. We had that for at Geneseo too. We actually had a pizza company that would deliver to us on campus. That's a steal. Yeah, and like we could use our card to pay for it. It was it was actually pretty nice. Speaking of delivery, I still remember when we had at at the Louport meet. We had the the pizza place deliver us to the bus while we were on the bus. They delivered us a sub each. Listen, it was late March. <laughs> 45, it was five forty five degrees. Wasn't it? Was it raining. the NFL meet? No, that was the first meet the Louport Invitational that year. Yeah, but why were we waiting so long? I Nick thought it was Coburn. an. Yeah, but that's why I thought it was an NFL meet because he was penting, right? Was it late? No way! It was early, and he wanted we wanted to get it done. 
We just wanted to, he wanted to get it done. Or oh, maybe year. it was their invite, not the NFL. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was the invite, so it was just like Bing, Bang, Boom, get him in. And yeah, I remember we fi- everyone finished running at noon, and we were there until like four. Well, because Pent, you have to wait a half an hour between events. Yeah. So yeah, Dan and I were starving, so we had like I don't know, there were like fifteen, twenty kids on the bus. And Dan looked like we we found a, we found a local place. We kept calling around. The guy, he's like, all right, well, where are you at Loopport? Well, we're on the bus. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, we're in the back. What uh, do you mean? On the big yellow bus. There's like, at that point, I think there were only two or three buses left. Yeah. So the guy, like, didn't one of the guy call us? And he's like, well, where? And we're like, off the, one of us got off the bus and we're flagging the guy down. <laughs> delivered. The food was great. I oh, it was it. sketchy. No, that's probably not the sketchiest thing he's done. It was, it was great food. Hey, we gave him a good tip. So, yeah, he, hey, we helped him out, you know? We hooked him up. We're nice people. Um, but yeah, that was, uh, that was fun. But that's, that's another thing with track and field. It's just, it's weird times. You never know for sure when a track meet is going to be over. Like if you're coaching basketball, soccer, soccer, you know, all right, game starts at four 30. You're going to have, uh, 40 minutes for half, about five, 10 minutes, roughly for halftime. And then another 40 minutes and you're done. You can roughly know, all right, a game's going to last about with halftime, about 90 90, maybe 95 minutes, and you're done. You can tell, you can guesstimate pretty quickly, you're going to be done by 6.30, 7, whatever. Yeah. Track and field. Good luck with that. Everything it, wrong happens. It, it always depends on, a big part of it depends on what officials you have. And you know the officials that are there. They get the kids clerked in fast. They get the gun start quick, and they're boom, boom, boom. You're done in like, Two, two and a half hours. It's maybe three. Then you get the officials who move a little slow. Move a little slow. Might be on the older side. Are very uh, nitpicky. Well, I think our I think our favorite official is is not back this year, unfortunately. Oh, really? My, my clerking fl- friend, she's gone. I think she uh, is done with it. She uh, she's had enough. She's called it a career. I think she's had enough with me because uh, I mess with her. We can say her name, right, Beth? I just said her name, you can't but can't say the last name. Beth was it? it oh. That's well, if that's true. That's man. It, yeah, she was always fun. She was the best. She was there when I was in high school. She she's known me for what fifteen years now. I was gonna say, it, you know, if she did call it a career, good for her because she, she deserved it. Does definitely deserves it. But man, it, it, some of these meets for outdoor are gonna go way longer because. Beth, not only that, she was great about getting the kids in, and if a kid was goofing around, she had no problem, like, calling the kid out, hey, I need you over here now. Like, she, would, she wouldn't go, like, excuse me, I need you, no, excuse me, come here, right? Like, she no, get here now, or you're going to be DQ'd. I mean, she was fantastic. And it was great because you'd always go over, like, sometimes you'd mess around, hey, Beth. Can we get things going? Can we get things? Yeah. And she, she tries to beat me up. She had no problem giving it back to you. Oh, that's awesome. In fact, I'm pretty sure one time she flipped me off because I. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you know when she's walking around. You know how tall is she? Maybe four foot, five. I'll give her. I'll five give her. Foot? I'll give her five foot. Yeah, all right, whatever. Five Maybe foot. On, a, on a stool. Yeah, she she's moving a little slow, and I was like, "Hey, you want me to go get the golf cart for you?" And she tried to kick me. Uh, <laughs> Aww. <laughs> But you know, Beth. Yeah, that's gonna be. It's gonna be sad. I don't know. I hope it's not true, but at the same time, I hope it is because she deserves. It. I mean, yeah. she's been there forever, and she's always been fantastic to us, especially at East. Um, We're her favorite. 
Now, one thing uh, um, Megan from uh, Wheatfield and I had talked about this a few times, and even we had Rich Morano in here from the Falls. It's a different vibe with track. It seems like it's a different vibe with track and field coaches where you're almost, yeah, you're competitive against each other, but at the same time, you're all in it together. Like I know, I know there's been times on long jump and triple jump where, yeah, you'll coach our kids, but at the same time, if you see another kid from another team who's struggling, you kind of go over there and help them out. I know the same thing for me with, when I'm with throwers. If there's another kid from the Falls or Wheatfield or whatever, you know, I'll, hey, I'll give them a little tip of advice. Where you don't see that camaraderie in other sports like baseball, like basketball. You're not, if you're coaching basketball, you're not going to go over the other team. Hey, you need to work on your free throws or something like that. Yeah. Like track and field, you're competitive, but at the same time, you're you're friendly with each other. I just, I just think we're there for the kids. You know, at that point, it, it's like the most like raw. You know, we're here to help these kids. You know, we're here to promote everyone and have everyone do their best. You know, so. And a lot of the times, like, you know, we, the coaches are all over the place. You know, you got coaches that are coaching two to three different things or they're trying to watch another athlete run on the track and this kid's like, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I'm struggling here type thing. And, you know, you don't want to see them fail because, you know, they've worked so hard for that. So helping them out, you know, and it, you know, it just it looks good on you. You know, it looks good on your team. And it's always about being a good role model too. You know, your kids see that and maybe they grow up and do something for someone else or something like that as well. Absolutely. And I know for me, I coach the throwers, and a lot of times schools don't have a thrower's coach. Or during their practices, you know, I've heard stories, well, you know, where's your coach? Well, our coach only comes over maybe like once every other practice. He'll stay there for 10 minutes and then he'll leave uh, just because he's a sprinter's coach or, or a jumper's coach. So a lot of schools don't have thrower's coaches. Now me, I am I was a distance runner who happened to just pick up throwing like the my first school that I coached at Cleve Hill, they needed a thrower's coach, and I was the low man on a totem pole, so I became the thrower's coach. But over the years, it's just hey, a kid from Cheektowaga needs help. All right, a kid from uh, Niagara Falls needs help. All right, whatever. It's like you said, you're you're there for your team, you're there for your kids, but you're also there just for everybody's kids. You know, you're not going to sit there if you see a kid struggling at high jump. You're not going to sit there and well. Sucks to be him. Yeah, too bad. You know, you're going to go over, like, all right, I've seen you fall foul the last two times. It's because your plant leg is off or it's because you're too close to the bar or whatever. Or you need a little more drive. And it's uh, sometimes you almost get more more enjoyment out of it because you give him a little tip and you see him clear that bar or you see him throw an extra two or three feet. And they get excited and they go over and they'll give you a high five and you're just like – it almost makes you – you love it when you're athletes, but, you know, succeed. But it almost makes you feel like, yeah, that, you know, a, a little better. I helped that get out. Yeah. Wasn't it, supposed to, but helped them out. It's also like, you know, track is kind of weird because it's like, you know, you are in your own section, just like all other sports. But, like, after that, it's like, all right, you know, it's you against the rest of the state, you know. Yeah. And we're, you know, if you see a kid from somewhere in western New York or Rochester area, they go out and they're in the – state qualifier now and they're you know ranked second third fourth it's like oh hey like you know we saw that kid all year and it's just it, i don't know it's a little bit different than other sports i feel like i don't know why especially but, if they come from your like if they're nfl runners yeah. like if they're from you know our nfl division um it almost feels like in a way they're representing you they're representing the league they're representing you know all of ours all of our all of us you know yeah 
Um, and especially, like you said, if you've been able to even give that kid a, t- a tip or two throughout the year, you just you, you want him to succeed as much as you want your kids to succeed. Yeah, and I think it's it's on the coaching staffs as well. You know, a lot of the coaches we see. You know, oh, absolutely. The year, they're they're fantastic. You know, they're exactly like us. Help our kids out. Help their own kids out. You know, they're there for the kids. Whereas other sports, it's kind of like, yeah, we want to promote our kids, but like it's my team and yeah. it's your team and it's whoever is the best will win type thing. Absolutely, and it it, it track is oftentimes a communal sport. And Matt, I'm I'm assuming it's got to be the same. With gymnastics too, I mean, is it or is or is gymnastics a little more cutthroat? Well, that's the thing, though. It's like gymnastics is very, it's very specific in like how everything has to be done. That's just what gymnastics is. It's basically perfection all the time, and it's not really a team like like track and field too. It's not really like team is more individually based. Um, like your athlete is out there competing for themselves, not like, and you know, they're part of a team and the team overall gets something, but really it's that athlete. Um, coaches wise, it's all, it's actually, it's all buddy, buddy. So like you all, basically you go to the meet and you, you let your kids do your thing. Really. It's not a lot of coaching. It's more of you go and you watch what they do and mentally take note of it. But coaches wise, it's not that bad. Really, they we all get together and just it's it's like a hanging out with the guys or gals, depending on like just that's how that is for the kid. Like so, like you're not really like correcting right then and there. You're more just observing, but hanging out with your other coaches' buddies and just watching your kids do your thing. I could see that, and I think that's by the time it gets to the NFL meets and sectionals. That's I feel like for track, that's a lot of what it, I mean, yeah, we're going to give the kid, you know, a small little like even when you had John for doing long jump, um, you know, it was you were there with him the whole time. But it was you're not at that point at sectionals and at NFL championships. You're not teaching him anything. It's more of just one quick thing. Hey, you didn't cycle through on that. Yeah. You know, it's it's more of. Just you're on the sidelines watching the kid and talking to your your other coaches. Yeah, I think that's more of your progression too. You know, you want to get to that point where, you know, that kid doesn't necessarily or that athlete doesn't necessarily need you anymore. You know, they're there and they're they know what they're doing. You know, and you've coached them to the point where they're like, all right, I'm I'm confident and I can go out there and and do my thing. And you know, coach is there to support me, but I know what I'm doing. So yeah. that's you know that's what you're trying to work towards. Yeah, almost like, hey, dude, I'm here if you need me. If not, you got this. Yeah, and I mean, you know, a lot of the times, like, if you see, if you work with the kids since they're freshmen, you know, all the way up until a senior, you have that kind of, like, rapport with them. So it's more of like, hey, you know, do the best you can, and we're we're just here to help you out, you know. And that's one thing that I love about track, because typically in other sports, whether it's baseball, soccer, football, You'll have, especially if there's modified teams, you know, you're either a modified coach and you see the kid in seventh and eighth grade, or you're a JV coach and you'll see some of them in seventh, eighth, maybe ninth, or you're a varsity coach and you're, you'll see them, you know, if they come up saying 10th, 11th, 12th grade, you might for more team, most team sports, you're only seeing those kids maybe three years and then they're moving either they're moving up to your level or they've moved higher than your level. Whereas track and field, I mean, there's some kids that we've had since seventh grade. I mean, that we've seen them every year 
some of them indoor and outdoor. So you're coaching them back-to-back sports. You're literally coaching them from November until June for for since seventh grade, you know, seventh, eighth, ninth. And it's, for me, I always love that. Like you said, just seeing the progression, remembering what, you know, John, you had, did you have John in seventh grade? Uh, I, uh, I coached him since he was like, you know, six, seven years old. So. I was going to say, you and coached there, him even young. Like there's in a the, few that are on our team that I've coached since they were real young. So, you know, it's, it's, I don't know, it's crazy seeing them, you know, now they're young adults or are adults at this time and you've seen them grow up and it's kind of like, oh, all right, well, this is, you know, this is just like a gratifying feeling, you know, seeing them as a senior or even as like some of them as freshmen, you know, finally yeah. making it to this point, you know, and knowing what they're doing. Yeah, and and we had Lin- I had Lindsay on last week where I coached her when she was in eighth grade, and seeing she's still throwing in Fisher and and keeping an eye on her, and you know she finished fifth I think last year in um, her uh, championship meet. John, I'm sure you've been keeping tabs. John still John's still jumping at uh, RIT, right? Yeah, he's still jumping. Um, he's moved away. He was more of a a triple jumper when he was at you know East, unfortunately, just because that's for some reason, what he was better at, but now he's moved more into the long jump and, you know, he's, he's increased, you know, where I told him he could, he could possibly go, you know, he was like, Oh, I, I'll never be able to jump, you know, 23, 24. I'm like, you know, if you keep at it, you're gonna, you know, and that's what he's hitting now. He's out there and that's, you know, it's, it's crazy far and it's unbelievable. Yeah. And does he still run or is he just focused on jumping? I don't know if he runs too much anymore, but I, I mean, gonna, his knees were, he was, yeah, he was, yeah. He was uh, he was getting to that old man syndrome. I got the old man syndrome. It's okay. I, I do too. <laughs> so it's all right. Yeah, but he um, can join the club. Tony. Yeah, he can join the club. And John was one of those kids where you know, even going into meets, but like, all right, John, we're only going to run you in two events. Next thing you know, John talks us into next Three thing more, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, you're coach, I'm running four. I'm like John, this was supposed to be your meet off. Yeah, but I really want to run four. Yeah, and I think he was he was one of those kids like he. Even at practice, like he was, he was one of the ones that, like, I knew he knew what he was doing. So if he was like lacking in practice, it was kind of like, all right, you know, you're at your your prime level. You know, you you can have some time to rest, and I'm not going to be on you too much. And or you've already qualified. Or yeah, or you're already there. You know, uh, we don't need to worry too much about it. But you know, yeah, he's one of those kids at the meets, like just always trying to talk himself into a relay or trying to get something extra so he can you know, qualify in something else or try to win something else. Yep. Yeah, Coach, I know I'm only the alternate on the 4 by one today, but can I get in? So-and-so is a little sore. So-and-so is a little this. Yeah, but we want to rest you. Yeah, but I'm feeling good today. I want to run. I want to run. Yeah, the knees are all right. The, the knees next, are okay. Ne- next week in, uh, in pain. <laughs> and it doesn't seem like a lot. You know, most people think, well, track and field, you're only doing four events. If you're doing four events, that's a lot. I don't care what those four events are. Especially That's a lot. Doing three jumping events. Yeah. Three jumping events, a throwing event, maybe a running event here and there. You know, that's a, that's a lot on the body. Now, you, you longed and triple jumped in high school. Yeah. I mean, tell us, because a lot of people think, well, all you're doing is you're just running and jumping three times. You're just running. And, how hard is that? Like, like, honestly, how hard is that on the body? Oh, I'm feeling it now. But, I mean, uh, <laughs> you know, in high school, I, I didn't really – I just did whatever the coach said. You know, I was one of those kids that was like – coach told you you're playing this position or you're doing this i was like all right you know whatever the team needs type thing and you know i'd come into a meet and i'd be like all right you know what am i doing today oh long and triple and then you're running the 400 and you're doing the 400 hurdles and it you know it's a lot of pounding you know you don't realize how fast you're going like long and triple jump you're sprinting as fast as you can getting up to full speed 
and you're trying to propel yourself through the air as far as you can go. And landing in the sand, that's not very soft at no. the same time. People just look, oh, that sand's got to be soft. It's not, it's, especially it's not. If, if some of them haven't been turned in a while. Those pits can get pretty hard. Yeah, and, you know, and that's it's, it's tough. And it's even like practice-wise, you know, you're doing a lot of bounding. You're jumping up and down at practice. You know, it's a lot on the knees, you know, and you see a lot of ankle and a lot of knee injuries and, you know, tightness and all that stuff, you know, and it's it gets tough. It's, you know, if you're doing – Four things over and over and over again, four years in a row, you're going to see some injuries. Yeah, and Matt, that's got to be the same in gymnastics too, where those kids are doing their their routines over and over. Especially, I'm a guess, I'm guessing floor routines has got to be killer on the joints. Yeah, especially for, I mean, obviously the females have way more of an extensive floor routine than a guy's does, and it's just watch it like just hearing the constant thud, even though. It sounds – it's a little springy. It's wood It's wood and springs. That's about it. But it's not – There's give, but not much. It's not a lot. It's, it doesn't feel good. No, and it just sounds – like it sounds bad. And I was just like, oof, someday they're going to be like 30 and be like, oh, I can't walk anymore. Why would it, I would assume too, especially when they're first learning their routine, like there's got to be not mistakes because they're not good, but just mistakes because they're still actually learning the routine. Right. I mean, I think especially with the younger kids too, when they're getting into like team stuff, not so much recreation, but if they're doing team where they're actually doing more intense stuff, the body gets an initial shock to it. So, I mean, if they're expected to do rings, for example – and they're swinging and stuff like that. Their shoulders are just going to be raw. I always thought that those rings are just rotator cuff injuries waiting yeah, to happen. The way they have to do skin the cats, where they basic or like inverted hangs, where they have to like or back lever, where they have to go fully horizontal back and have their <laughs> arms stretched out behind them. I was like, that's a potential rotator cuff tear. Just all these things. There's like osteoarthritis that's going to come in later with just your bones grinding on each other. I mean, it's a beautiful sport, but like everything else, oh, it's, it's a great sport. It's damaging to your body. Oh yeah, a lot. Some even like they're gymnasts are great track athletes. Have you yeah. ever yeah. that? The correlation between those two sports is unbelievable. Well, even Emma, Emma, last year, two years ago, was fantastic gymnast. Came in, came in at as a sophomore, had no clue how to run track, and ended up her senior winning pretty much any pretty event, much everything. Any event we would put her in, she was wow. a state qualifier and gymnastics i think for four years yeah and what, just what did she run or did she run or was she, she did she let's did more see of the jumping she so. did high jump she did did she triple long and jump, long long jump triple jump um and then she'd run on the occasional relay i remember yeah, uh her senior year we did we put her in the four by one and she yeah. tore that up too you know it's just it's it's crazy to see like the transfer between athletes you know being able to take what they've learned in one sport and apply it now to a completely different activity yeah be good at it and i think especially like gymnastics like it's it's definitely an individual sport and you're focused on getting the best you can get you can be where you carry that over in the track and field it's very much an individual sport too where you want to be the best jumper the best hurdler the best whatever i forget she she ran hurdles too didn't she she did i mean she was just she was one of those Everywhere. I'm sure if we put she, her in shot and she disc, she would have well, tore that up, pen. too. She did pen. Yeah, That's so right. She threw shot. You know, she did the 1500, the 800. She did all those wow. events. So she was just one that was, I'm going to do it all type thing. And 
I don't know. She she was great at it. Speaking of events, can we talk a little bit about my personal favorite event in any track meet of all time? The steeplechase. Oh, it's the best one. <laughs> you got the one kid that always does a cannonball for absolutely no reason. But it's not that deep, right? It's not. It's not. It's, it's what maybe two, maybe three, two and a half, three at yeah. most. Doesn't that hurt? It does. Um, oh, it hurts. But who invented this event? Yeah, let's just run around and jump over these high hurdles, and then also add water. I forget how high are those barriers that they have to They're jump over. Thirty-two, and then I think the boys. Boys is are thirty-six. I was gonna say 40. boys. I think might be forty. Uh, forty inches, not feet. Thirty-two inches, not feet. Um, but it's just why, and then not only not only is that hard enough to put these big jumping over these big barriers, eh, let's throw some water in there and make it over a mile and make it over a mile. Why not, right? It's just <laughs> whoever invented this event just had way too much time on whoever their hands. Invented track just decided they were going to make everything <laughs> horrible for everyone's lives. So four hundred hurdles, why? Why would you come up with this? <laughs> let's let's take a sprint and then add hurdles you have to jump over, but you still have to sprint it. Yep. Well, then the 110 hurdles were, man, at least the 400 hurdles, or at least they're spaced out. Well, the 110, I mean, bam, it's like hurdle, 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 yeah. hurdle, hurdle. Unnecessary. <laughs> fun to watch. And then you've got the race walk. The race walk? Dan, tell us a little bit about. The race walk. Oh, bad. Well, you don't. You don't know the the race walk. Well, I know what race walking is. I didn't know that was like. Apply, oh, they still do it. Think to high schoolers doing it now. <laughs> Takes about a half an hour of our time every meet. I didn't know that was a thing that was like ran at meets. We will. We will oh, have a race this. walk on Saturday. Why? And it will take. Uh, at least and, a half an hour. And when Dan's saying at least a half an hour, he's probably being generous. It's probably closer to forty-five minutes. It's yeah. It's. It's, it's a mile, a isn't it? I think it's a little more, isn't well, it? I thought it was more. Maybe it's more. It actually, it's two. It's two miles. It's a three thousand, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So stupid. And it's it's funny because you always have those kids that are. I mean, in, in any race, in any, especially distance, whether it's mile the sixteen or thirty two, the mile or two mile, you always have those kids that are further back. Like they get lapped, some of them, unfortunately, but they usually only finish you know, maybe a minute or two, three minutes most behind the leader. In race walk, you're walking. In race walk, some of these kids will get lapped. And multiple you're, times. Multiple times, and you're now finishing 5, 10, 15 minutes behind the leader. There was one race walk, I think it was two years ago, where the last place finisher was on the track by themselves for the last three laps where everybody else was done. Everybody else was done. And they're finishing one more lap, two more laps, three more laps. At one point, I'm looking like, Dan, are they done? Is this the last lap? No. Nope. We couldn't count. We're very <laughs> bad at counting. I mean, and, and you feel badly for the person. And then, of course, when they're on their last lap, everybody claps and, and claps them in. But at the same time, how's that person? <laughs> oh, we're all that people. I always wonder, way. does that does that help the person, or does that like are they like, no, shut up? I just want to get this done. Yeah, like they don't stop want drawing attention. attention. Yeah, it made me cry when it happened. To me. 
It's never happened to me, so I don't know. I've never means. been the last person. I, I, I haven't won last, everything. I've come I've in last. Never, I've never been that far behind. Yeah, I've never oh. been the, oh, hey. I wish you wish you'll be done. I wasn't that. I wasn't three laps behind, but I was like about three lengths of the track left. <laughs> And you know you're you're obviously clapping the kid on, but in your mind you're like, okay, come on, just just finish. you can do come it. On, you can do it. Outside you're looking supportive, but on the inside you're just like, hey, he's almost done. Especially with the race walk. Oh, At that man. point you're going over to Beth. I know they've got two more. Can we say they've only got one more? Well, it's like it's like install what they do in like Mario Kart that like the last like two people. Yeah, they automatically have to stop. <laughs> <We're> automatically stop <laughs> in a fourth. Per- yeah, once you get third place, woo. Yeah, it's like everybody else can. They stop all spin now. out. They all spin out. They're done. Yeah, I was like, just do that. Nobody gets embarrassed. Nobody gets embarrassed. Nobody gets. Nobody gets the uh, the. Nobody gets the pity clap. Well, the pity the, clap. The, the golf thing clap. that also makes it worse at Houghton is it's only a two hundred meter track, so it doubles the amount that they have to go around. So yeah. you know that that two mile turns into like a twenty lap thing. Oh, God. And it's there's so it's the weird rule is where what one foot one has, heel to, has to be on the ground one yeah, heel so has, has to be on the ground your the foot ground can only come up I think like an inch or inch and a half or something like know. that who's, who's checking that come on yeah but like your foot came up I one and it. three quarters who's inches really done it? I feel like nobody wants to watch a twenty lap race everyone watches it well, oh everyone not, watches maybe it maybe not this year I don't know yeah <laughs> I would take a nap <laughs> every year I asked Tim I was like Tim can we get a can we get a race walker in? Can we get a, and he, he refuses. He refuses. He won't. That's another one I've heard that surprisingly is bad. horrible on your hips. It's very bad. Like, for you, yeah, because you're just almost like waddling, like down the whole like whatever mile and a half, two miles. I don't think that's like a natural way to. It's not a natural way to walk. No, it's no, definitely no, not. definitely not. <laughs> um, I always joked around. So why is it a thing? Oh, it's a thing. Once again, track people. In high school, I always joked around that I was I wanted to be put in the race walk, not to do it, but like I'd do it for maybe one lap, and then I would just start full out sprinting or running, and be like, "Dude, I but did you see? I like lapped everybody ten times, just to be that guy." I always maybe. wanted to do steeple. <laughs> I never wanted to. Do I couldn't. Steeple. I couldn't get it. I couldn't get in. I was. Medora wouldn't let you. Marty wouldn't let you do steeple. No. Marty told me you're running this, and that's that. <laughs> 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 no, steeple, I, I, I had no interest jumping over barriers that were almost taller than me. No. I just wanted to jump in the water pit. That was the only thing I wanted to do. That would be cool. There's that, always the one kid that it. trips, though, and I always feel horrible for them. They try to go. They're just like super And they face plant like, into the water. Their spike doesn't catch the barrier, so then they're like falling over top, and they face plant in. Everyone's like, ooh, and then... <laughs> It's bad. And they have to get up and They get up and keep going like nothing happened, and everyone's sitting right there. And then you get the cheer. Yay! Yeah, everyone's sitting right there at the water pit, and it's like, oh, no. Just a day full of pity claps. I always felt badly for when it was an early meet where you had to do the steeplechase, and it's it's cold. cold. (laughs) Like, those March-April meets are cold. And And they fill it with hose water. Yeah. It's it's bad enough running two miles um, out when it's cold. But then two miles going over hurdles and going into water and shivering the rest of the race. Talk about just a, a, a recipe for a hamstring pull or a quad tear or just hypothermia. hypothermia. Yeah. Injury galore. Yeah. Just, coach, I can't do it. I'm cold. I'm cold. I'm cold. Coach, I don't wanna. That's where you just get to the you get to the hurdle. You'll see the kid just run around the water pit. Yeah, go underneath. 
Can you actually? No. No. You can. You'll get disqualified. But that's I've, that's happened in a race that I've been in. Someone's went under the hurdles before. Did they really? When I was in high school, it was hilarious. Like under the steeple? No, under like actual hurdles, 400 hurdles. We were in a race. <laughs> I I didn't like the 400 hurdles. I just did to get third place, so we got points at the time. And the kid who was in first place was like on my team, losing to, I don't know, whoever the team was. And he just started running under the hurdles the rest of the way. He did like eight of them. It was hilarious. And I was like, what? That just really happened during a race. That's fantastic. Medora had to rip him apart. Oh, no, he probably thought it was funny. You know him. Yeah, but I think he would at least rip him apart first. Oh, yeah, probably. He was a little... Well, I guess it depends if the meat was close. He was more serious back then, I feel. He's mellowed out with age. Speaking of him, I've been trying to get him on the podcast. He He, will never show up. He flat out refuses. Because he's going to say something stupid. I don't think so. I think he knows how to... Talk about, though, him him and Panapinto... They should be had. They should have their own podcast. Uh, bickering the whole time. <laughs> Those would be some stories. They, they see each other, or they see each other enough. Absolutely, they coach three sports together and their family. I was going to say brother-in-laws. It's uh, it, it. Those two alone should have their own podcast. It is fantastic. Um, so speaking of stories, like, what's your like? I mean, I know you just talked about the going under the hurdles. Anything else that – anything funny that stands out that you've seen as a coach, um, like during – whether it's been our team or not. Um, I remember one time, and I think I shared this story. It happened during a practice where uh, I brought – it was like one of the last days, one of the last practices of the year. So for the cupcakes. throwers, I brought cupcakes. Dan knows I brought cupcakes and – one of our kids, Nolan, came like got so excited, came sprinting toward the cupcakes, like behind the bleachers, and there was like a blocking sled behind the bleachers, and he tripped over the blocking sled and went like face plant onto the blocking sled, got up, took like another step or two, went back down, but still managed to get the cupcake and eat the cupcake as we're checking the kid out. For a concussion and what else he he had going toe. wrong, ended up stubbing his breaking his toe, and no concussion. He oh he oh, yeah. he had a I think he had a concussion. Oh, or, I thought he was fine. He threw he threw. Actually, yeah, you're right. He, he did. Fine. He threw the next day with a broken toe, cleared concussion protocol, so he was fine with that. But just all over, cupcake. all over a cupcake, and they weren't even homemade cupcakes. It was like those small little the cupcakes, from, like top. Yeah, from tops. Cupcakes. I don't care. Those are good cupcakes. <laughs> Dude, I'll do anything for a very little like Food. incentive. Yeah. For very little incentive. But that that that's my story. I'd love that. I mean the the I don't know if this actually happened or not. I'm I like just vaguely remember being at Lewport for a meet and someone did the was trying to do pole vault and they cleared it and their I remember their pole just shooting like Twenty feet away, like shooting like, backwards. Yeah, no, I like trying to hit someone too. Like someone was standing there. I don't know if this actually happened. I feel like someone either told us about it, or we were standing there watching it because I vaguely remember it. I was going to say I think I I remember hearing the story. Like I don't remember first, seeing it, like it though. My first two years. I don't know if we were like there or whatever happened. If it, it happened somewhere, I was, that would be like crazy to see. I don't know. That's a sketchy event too. Let's just take this long fiberglass pole and shoot myself 15 feet in the air and hope that I land on the mats. Yeah. Like, okay. If I mess up, broken neck, broken body. Well, we've yeah. seen that. We, we, 
We saw that one time. I don't know if you were there for that meet. Which one was that? I forgot. Uh, who? What kid it was? He he either hit the standard or barely missed the mat and like shattered his leg. Ooh, was that Houghton or was that outdoor? I think, I think it was that outdoor. He landed on either a cement pad or just the grass. No, the worst injury I had was I. I don't think you were there because you weren't there when Majerus was coach, right? No. All right. So this I think was Majerus's last year. Um. And we had a we had a student who was doing who was long jumping and somehow messed up the landing and ended up landing like on his shoulder, breaking his shoulder. So I had to go in go in the ambulance with him. Um, went down to I forgot what hospital he ended up going down to, waiting till his parent get that got there. But yeah, busting a shoulder and and you knew from the second it was one of those where you knew the yeah. second he landed and didn't come up and screaming in pain. You knew it was bad. Well, remember the one that happened when we had our friend broke or broke his leg at our home. Connor, game? yes, yes, he was screaming the ear piercing, piercing scream. I felt so bad for him. That was uh, that was the shin. That was right at the end of the four by four, four yeah, by one. He was about to make it too. You know, we'd been nursing that injury all year long. Just kind of, it was one of those ones that it was going to go at some point. It just reminded me, like if you ever get a donut on a tire. And you just see the thing getting worse and getting worse. But like, no, I can make it five more miles. I can yeah. make it one more mile. And it just, when it went, it went. And he was right. It was the tail end. Right in front of us, too. We're all just standing there right at the end. Last, like, 100 meters. Yeah. And it just it, went. It, yeah, it, just... it went. And he was he was the anchor. Like, I forget. Was it 4x4 four four or 4x1? Four 4x4. By four by four. Four by four. Yeah. And yeah. he was, I don't think he finished because he was, he couldn't, was maybe. Physically couldn't finish. Maybe 20 mile or 20 meters from the finish line we and just couldn't. T- we had to tell him to stop. We couldn't. Yeah, and he he went down and he, and he's one of those kids where you don't see him or hear him complain about much, if anything. And he was, I mean, he's he was in pain. Yeah, you, was, you just felt was, for him. That was a scary one. Yeah, and he was. That was his senior year, wasn't it? Or was that his yeah, junior year? No, that was his senior year. Yeah, and you knew right there he was not running again. And it's, I mean. It's a shame because we had we we he wanted that sectional qualifier like he wanted states for that four by one team, and I think that was a big reason why he. I think he probably knew that he should have taken the time off to rest, get healthy, but he's that kind of athlete where he knew that it was a special team and he was gonna keep going. Yeah, he was gonna be part of it at all costs, and probably hid a lot of his pain from us. Like I think we I think we kind of knew it was he was dealing with something but I don't think any of us knew just how serious the injury probably was before it happened. Yeah. Not much we could do even to help. No. Just one of those things. I mean, it's you, there's there's really when it comes to the shin and all that stuff, there's really you either shut it down or you keep going until something like that happens. And it you just you just feel for the kid. But uh, to his credit, though, I think we had, I don't know, maybe like another month of the season. He made it almost all the way. Yeah, he made it almost all the way. But when he was done, he was, when he was back, obviously he didn't run again that year. But he was still there on almost every practice, cheering his teammates on, giving them advice when he could. I mean, he was the ultimate teammate. And I, I think a lot of times when you see a kid have a significant significant injury, whether it's an ACL tear, whether it's a broken bone, something that's going to knock you out for the rest of the season. 
too oftentimes as coaches, well, you don't typically see that kid for the rest of the year. You know, they just, I can't run. I'm going to stay home. Why am I going to practice? Not Connor. Connor was there just about every, he was only, he, once, always he, there, yeah. yeah, he almost turned into another coach. He really did. That was and, another one, yeah. Had him since he was like seven, eight. And now we've got little Alderman. We do. And, guy. and Josh's senior year is this year, isn't it? It is. And uh, he's had him since he was in. I was going to say since he was, as well. since he was a freshman, and uh, or no, so, uh, seventh grade. He started I, running seventh grade. Well, I, I had him when he was like seven, eight as well. Yeah, when you did the um, the little kids track. Yeah. For uh, for the town. No, it's it's crazy, and it's crazy to see. Just the kids, sometimes when you have a sibling, just to see what the younger sibling does and what the older sibling does, yeah. and when the younger sibling turns into the same age as the older sibling when they graduate. How similar are they? How similar are they or how completely opposite they are or just that drive and that passion. It's, it's, it's cool to see. And Alderman, sometimes you'll, you'll compare him to his brother, but he gets, sometimes he gets, he gets a little ticked. Yeah. He likes to be, he likes to be himself, which I think that's fair. It is fair. I I feel like you don't want to be in your sibling's shadow. Yeah. No. And he is definitely his own person. And I would say a different than his brother. Yeah, they both had they they had different personalities yeah. for sure. Josh was Josh is very much more. I mean, they were both they're both goofy, but Josh is more like laid back. Yeah, where Alderman is a little or Connor is a little bit more in your face. Should I say? Like he'd be the one he'd be the one wrestling with somebody at practice. Oh yeah, or he, trying to wrestle us. Yeah. Which hey, I took him down the one day. Hey. <laughs> Jeez. But again, both great kids. Um and that's that's the fun thing about track is just so many different events, so many different type of athletes that you run into, so many different type of personalities. Whereas, you know, a baseball team, a soccer team, you're you might deal with a team of eighteen kids, track and field, guys and girls, outdoor, you're dealing with 100. 40, 50, 70, 80. I mean, you're dealing with typically we get, what, 35 to 40 guys, 30 to 35 girls on any on any given season. We all practice together. Um, Meet all the kids. You get to know all the kids. Like, it's not just a, oh, you're a sprinter's coach or you're the distance coach. You, you know, try and branch out and meet them all and get to know them all as well. Yeah, and it's it's a lot of fun. All right, I think it's that time. What do you say we get into the hot seat questions? Matt, I hope you're thinking of some cuz I'm just going to I'm just going to ramble some of these off on the top of my head. Okay. All right, so if you have one, hop in. Um but since we're talking about track and field, one track event that you didn't run that you wish you or didn't participate in that you wish you would have back in high school. Shot put. Really? Now, I've you know, seen you. I've you seen you come over answer. to the shop. I'm very good at the shot put. Secretly, <laughs> Dan does his version of the shuffle. Although you've done the kick and glide before. I've, I've, I've done it. I've done, you've done I'm the kick and glide. Secretly, good at the shot put. So shot put. I could see Dan doing shot put. I would put. say discus, but I've done that before. I was going to say Medora. He didn't. Wasn't it you that were telling me he literally threw you in like ten minutes before a meet? Yes, at a relay meet. He says, <laughs> "Hey, I need another person to be in this event. You're doing it." And I had no clue what was going on. <laughs> do you remember how? Do you remember how far you threw it? Or I threw it like, like eighty-five feet, 
but it was at one of relay meet with all the linebackers that are throwing like 150. You know, Still 85 for no practice. Yeah, That's not well, bad. Yeah, the kid who was I was throwing with taught me behind the bleachers like 10 minutes before the event. I was like, hey, uh, we'll see how this goes. I remember we had to do that with uh, Coburn and Geary, um, Matt and Nick at one time, where we had to do that literally at, at the yeah. Wheatfield meet. <laughs> but like, we need another thrower. We're putting you in here. It was a varsity event. And uh, and they both got points, probably. They, I think Nick got a second, and Geary, Geary either got third or just missed out. Yeah. Um, which is fantastic. For me, um, part of me always wanted to do pole vault, but I don't think I would end up doing it. Um, I'm going to say... Not that I think I was would have been any good at all, but I, I think I would have liked to at least try long jump. I think I didn't. I mean, I didn't have super speed, but you know, I had decent decent jumping. I wish I would have, you know, just a couple practices tried long jump. But I mean, I think I cycled what one year when you guys jumped into the pits or not yes. into the pits into the mats. Into the mats. I think I did it one year. I didn't look too bad, did I? You didn't look bad. <laughs> Better than me. I don't think I could do it anymore. The back goes every time. Not bad for a 40-year-old. And even that, jumping in the mats, that hurts. There's a big hole in the middle. That's why. Yeah. Well, you get, uh, you get lost in there. Matt, one track, one track event that you would, would always like to do. It's hard because I only ran track for a year, but probably throwing. Probably discus, not, not shot put. I was going to say, you've got the long arms, long legs. I could see you being a decent discus. You got you got a decent amount of speed to whip whip the body around. I feel like that's the only thing I could do. Shot put, there's no way. You could do it. No way. You could do it. No <laughs> way. Maybe now since I've like worked out and like built up my body, but back then no way. Oh, I'm I'm still the same, so I, you could do it. <laughs> I Not still my choice. I still remember and like I said, I've never thrown shot before in my life, so I think it was my second year where the kids finally kept uh, coached, we want to see your throw. We want to see your throw. So I was like, all right, tomorrow I'm going to throw. So I went home and I made like um, – I, I took like a, a little ornament that was about the same size as a shot put. Like put a little uh, put a little thing around there, like uh, painted it, went to the paint – or went to the store, got like gray spray paint, painted it up. The whole thing couldn't have weighed more than like six ounces, but it looked like a shot put. So I went into the ring and typically, you know, for a really good shot put throw – like to getting your states, you're hitting like 60, 65 feet. I launched this thing maybe 200, 250 feet. Like I put it through the goalposts of the field goal. And the kids, like I went in, did the kick and glide, whatever, like picked it up, like, you know, played it off perfectly. The kids see this thing flying. One of the kids taped it. And all you hear in the tape is one of my kids saying, what the, like, just... As the thing goes, like, I mean, I, I think I launched it like a good at least 100 feet, if not 200 feet. And it didn't take them very long to realize as they all run over, grab this, this way's not like. So that was my that was my professional shot put throwing career. The career's over. I uh, I think I would have been uh, I think I would have been DQ'd. Yeah. No. <laughs> You'd be surprised how well you throw a shot put with no form. No form, no nothing. As long as it weighs no more than six ounces. Or it's the real thing. No. I, I launch it like 35 feet, and I have no clue what I'm doing. I was going to say, Dan, you've, I'd say you average about like, your average is probably like 32, 33. Yeah, I can throw that far, and I have no clue what I'm doing. 
half the time the shot's off my off my neck. <laughs> Just <laughs> launching it. That's fair. I'd probably resort back to that. It's almost, it's almost like a toss yeah. at that point. My baseball would come back into me, and I was just. <laughs> it's not even that. Like I don't even get it on the neck, and it's just like this power from here somehow. It's just it's gone. Yeah, nope, can't do that. I love it. All right, I'm looking around the studio, seeing a lot of Star Wars stuff here. So, question number two: favorite Star Wars movie? Rogue One. Oh, I was about to say that. I was going to say, I did not see Rogue that One. That was a good one. I was going to say, you can also. I like that. I like that one. Out of all the new ones made, that's my favorite Rogue one. Rogue One would be my new one choice, you know. The older ones, I don't know. Definitely not the 90s ones. I'd have to go old, old. Yeah. For me, I'm going old, old. I'm going Empire Strikes Back. I, I like I, I can't stand that. Really? I thought it was cool, like, where it was one of the movies where literally at the end of the movie, the bad guys, like, win. I mean, Han Solo gets frozen in carbonite. Luke's, you know. On the run, it's it's just looks like man, the bad guys are like they're having their day, like they're gonna win. And especially back then, you didn't really. It was a, a lot of times in the seventies and eighties, it was the feel good. Oh, the good guys got to win. The good guy, it, that was just like man, the good guys just got their butt kicked. Yeah, it ruined his day. So Poor for me, Larry. I, for me, I thought that was one of the best ones. Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. I, I thought that was good. All right, Rogue One, I have not seen that. Rogue One's kind of like the same thing, though. Like, yeah. Like, the bad guys are, like, on top at the end. Because it, it takes place between episode three and episode four. Like, the ending legit shows uh, Darth Vader, like, coming on to Leia's ship. Or, like, yeah. Le- yeah, yeah, it's that beginning scene. Yeah, so, like, it leads right up to the beginning of episode four. So does it have the Star Wars characters in it, or so is it new characters? New, brand new characters. Brand, but all of them... I, Spoiler alert, it's been out for I don't know how long. <laughs> oh, but, it's got to be years. But everybody dies at the end because there's they're new characters, but they don't continue on the story, obviously. So they all die, and it took me a long time to recognize that yeah, while watching. Yeah. I was like, oh, they all have to die. But it like introduces the um, the first Death Star and like how they used it. They it's, s- it's pretty much the how they got the plans for the Death Star, Yeah, the mission that took place. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, like, the group of people that went and got the plans and sent it to Leia. Yeah. And then. Yeah. It's it's really good and it looks very good. I think it's well it's a well created movie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I highly suggest you watch Disney it. Plus. I was gonna say I got the Disney Plus. It's yeah. on there. Yeah. I might have to. Uh, I might have to to throw that on the Disney Plus tonight. All right. Fair enough, Matt. Did you think of any questions, or am I gonna have to come up with another one on the top of my um, head here? Come on now. This is what a, this is what the good co-host is supposed to do. <laughs> as we see the as we see their gears grinding, and I gotta ask, why the Seattle Seahawks hat today? What? Yikes! Why the Seattle Seahawks? Tough loss yesterday. But... All right, so so little mourning for Russell Wilson. Yeah, but like that, that one pass that that Taylor Heineke, his hand legit gets hit with the ball in it, and the ball is going sideways, and the guy still catches it. And I was just like, unreal. I, I was like, all right, well, kudos to you. Um, what should I say here? Uh, favorite off-brand soda or off-brand anything? Off-brand soda. W up. What is that? Oh yeah, the Wegman's the Wegman's Seven Up. Really? W up. W up. I've never heard that before. <laughs> I feel like if you've organized any banquet where you've had to come out of pocket. You're getting the, the W ups, the Doctor W, the Doctor w. w, the Mountain W. Yes, I think <laughs> Doctor W. Fantastic. 
That's crazy. Is Fago considered off-brand, or was that like made popular popular with the Insane Clown Posse, where that's too popular now to be? All right, I'm Fago. Since Matt's looking at me like I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I don't know. Fago, you don't even know Dan. You don't know the Fago pop? No. I don't know what that is. I know Fanta. That's the only yeah, thing. Yeah, Fanta. It's, it's kind of off-brand. It's kind of it's kind of like Fanta, I guess, or whatever, like the knockoff version of Fanta. It's got to be then. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So Fago, I'm going way back. The knockoff. I don't know if it's still around. But... I consider that a knockoff just because I know it doesn't. Might not even. So that exist might be anymore. Fago. That might be the knockoff of the knockoff. But yeah. But I feel like if you if you've come to any banquet, you're always you're not buying the. The Coca Colas, the Pepsis for like a dollar fifty. You're getting the Mountain W's or the W up for like ninety nine cents, seventy nine cents, two for a quarter. Yeah, you gotta get it. <laughs> it's I, I love those. What you gotta do is you gotta get like those things and then just put like the Pepsi, the Dr Pepper, like all the things, like those labels on them. <laughs> the kids will know. The kids will. They'll know. They'll know. They'll know. They'll say, this doesn't taste like Seven Up. It was like, like, I'm sorry. Are you paying for the banquet? Then shut up and drink it. Yeah, it's like you'd always see those kids instead of having like Gatorade, they'd always have like the MVP stuff. From, oh like, my god, from like Wegmans <laughs> or like Propel when Propel wasn't owned by Coca Cola. Yeah, I, Propel when they weren't owned. It by was Coca-Cola fantastic. Was amazing. It was great. It tastes like crap now. Yeah, I agree. It's I don't not even drink it anymore. good. Yeah, no. no, it was really good. After back it in went the day. away, I was like, you know, it's over. There, there's a reason it the went away. Was, the time has passed. <laughs> it's done. <laughs> All right, we did. We did track event that you would want to do. Gymnastics event that you would want to do if you had to do gymnastics. What gymnastics event would it be? Well, I mean, I mean, Matt, you do gymnastics, but uh, well, I'm, you coach gymnastics. I coach gymnastics, and the thing is, like, everybody does every event. It's not a one and done. It's not a one and done. Well, that's, I thought that was only if you're like in the, the team events. Don't you have kids that are just individual? No. So, oh, really? Yeah. That shows so, how much I know about gymnastics. So, like, you go in as a team, but everybody competes in the same event individually, and you get graded individually. Isn't it considered like cross country? Like, you rank your. Athlete. Yeah, like your so top like, five. You make... have like your top five. Yep, in each one. That's yep. what I thought. Okay. Yeah, but you compete in everything. Now, do you have to give them your top five going in, or it's just whoever happens to score the top five they count, and everybody else doesn't? I think it's whoever. Sc- I mean, it depends on the meet, but I think it's whoever scores the highest. Um, and it's like I said, like everybody competes the same, and like they just go one after another. All right, must yeah. be nice. But <laughs> yeah, but these judges are sticklers. sticklers. Oh, I can imagine. Like you move, you move one inch. Like especially in your landing, minus 50 minus points. fifty points. Yeah, you bent your knees right here. I was like, I didn't see it. Yeah, at you, this one, at this one point during this one yeah. thing where you were doing seven other things. Yes, tenth yeah. of a point off. You were not at a complete ninety degree angle. You were only at like an eighty nine point five degree if, angle. If you don't salute in automatic zero. <laughs> For gymnastics, though, I always thought it would be cool, and I'm sure I would be horrible at it. I always thought it would be cool to do the rings. Rings are scary. It's got to be scary. Sketchy. It's it's got to be sketchy. But like, if you actually know how to do them, I feel like it would be like you're just yeah, I'm like you're just you know you're you're the man. Like you're a big man on campus right. just for like mastering the rings. I always thought the rings would be cool. So if I had to do a gymnastics event. Again, I'm sure I'd be awful at it, but I would do the rings. I would do the parallel. I think bars. I'd do the vault. The vault? Yes. Only reason was because when I took gymnastics at Cortland with the gymnastics coach, 
That's the only thing I could do. Yeah. <laughs> the beam was sketchy. The pommel horse, I don't even know what was going on. The rings, no. Well, here's the thing. For vault, that's where like your long jumping comes in because it's the same type of run-up. Exactly. So, the, yeah, I'm, I'm safe there. That's, I was gonna say, that could translate over. Yeah, because you got to get enough speed in that short distance to yep. hit the vault and get over. Yeah, and I figure like you're not just. I mean, you're. It's not. You're leaping onto the vault thing, aren't you? Like, aren't kind of like how you cycle through a, a long jump? Board. There's a springboard. Yeah, it's a spring yeah board. but that's so what I mean. Al- you're, it's almost you're, like a double footed jump. Yeah. But aren't? Yeah, you're like leaping onto it, aren't but, you? Like the way we teach our our vaulters is like you really want to get those knees as high as you can and get that speed right off the bat because you're gonna need every bit of it to get over. Really. Okay. I could see that. All right, and Matt, Mr. Gymnastics over there, what? Uh, if you had to perform an event, what what event are you doing? The parallel bars. Ooh, see that? I could just that's just disaster waiting to happen for me. Like that's just like a broken neck. Or the uneven bars, that'd be tough too. Yeah, the the uneven, uneven bars, it's just that's it always one where you like fly in between both of them. Yeah, and, and so you'll sketchy. see them like hit the legs and like swim around. I'm like, that just that just hurts. Every time the girls practice that, I watch them. Even when they do it right, yeah. it looks like it hurts. Yeah. Right in the shin, like they hit the shins on it and like spin around on their ankles. They're yeah. so flimsy too. The actual bar is so flimsy. I'm <laughs> just like, oh, is it gonna break? I just don't trust that. No. And they stand on them too. Yeah. And they bend. They're like bowed. And yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> or when you do like where you're just like up and like you stop almost coming to the top of the roller coaster and then you go back down. I'm like, yeah. no, no. Like that just like, looks like a broken neck. They come up. They hit. They do like a full hip turnover and they pound their hips on the bar push themselves up and then just roll forward and keep going that's what i mean even when they do it right it still sounds like it's like no that's not supposed to sound like that but then you have to land that yeah yeah you slip out of it yeah here we go percent not moving yeah and then you like you release you do your dismount you're flipping like five times in the air and you're coming down and landing hope i don't over flip and land on my back (laughs) that's what i'm saying like don't miss the map man i'd be the kid that would land on his head uh uh-uh. uh, I'm I'm going nowhere near the parallel bars. Nah. All right, Matt, you got one more for us. Um, we need we need one more question. I think I think this is number five. Yeah, so we'll we, call it number five. So, so we did Trek, then we did Star Wars, then we did Off Brand, then we did gymnastics. Now we're on number five. Number cinco, if you will. Pressure's on. <laughs> um. Uh. Okay. All right, I, I'll give one here. This is a corny one. What's your spirit animal? Oh, geez. <laughs> this is what happens when you can't think of one. You give me, what's your spirit animal? I don't think about this stuff. <laughs> this is the first time I've ever thought about it. Is there like a rule? No. No, I think it's just whatever. I think it's, isn't it just whatever animal you feel like uh, portrays you? Portrays you? I don't know favorite spirit animal, but I know something that is my. Does it have to be a genuine animal, or could it be like a character that you can say is your spirit animal? Okay, because I got one of those. What's, we'll what's that? It. We'll take it. Survey says yes. Um, there's this character from an old TV show from like the 2000s, like 2007. It's not that old. No, but nobody knows what it is. Like the kids obviously now don't know what it is, and it's no longer on TV. It's called Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends, and it was on Cartoon Network. <laughs> I remember that show. Yeah. I did not know that. What's it called? Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends. And basically the premise was it's like in this alternate universe, kids could create their own imaginary friends, and they would genuinely come to life. And then as they get older, 
this this lady created like a, a a house for these imaginary friends to go and live after their their creator gets older and doesn't need them, and then they could be adopted by a younger kid, like another new kid, if they can't think of their own. Anyways, so there's this one called Cheese, and he's just basically stupid. <laughs> And uh, doesn't really do – he can't pick up on social cues and anything of that nature. And I don't know why, but he is the person that I designate as my um, my spirit animal. And my girlfriend knows it, and I send her videos every day of, like, his <laughs> moments from the TV show. I'm trying to think of something ridiculous, I mean, to be honest. I mean, like, I, it is ridiculous, but it's also very, very true. <laughs> Like I don't, I don't know how to respond like to demented that. Demented kid yes. music plays. It's a great show. Great show. <laughs> I feel like it sounds like one of those like should be a '70s show like H and R Puff and stuff. Or... Yeah, it's one of those ones where you're kind of confused how it was like a kids' TV show. And Definitely, like, somebody was under the <laughs> like, influence when creating. Like, why it. was this? Why was this allowed on? And you know, teens were watching this. <laughs> it was amazing. No, I I can't say I've heard of that show. It's like Billy and Mandy, but not. Oh, Dan, spirit one. animal. I'm I'm trying to think of a good one. I, I I'm, I'm I don't drawing blanks. Good, and I feel like since you know some of our athletes listen to this, uh, we're gonna hear about this for the next six years. Oh, I'm sure. But um, the only thing that kept popping in my head was a thumb thumb from uh, Spy Kids, and I don't <laughs> know the thumb thumb, and I don't know why. <laughs> I have no reason why. Um, but I'll go with the thumb thumb. <laughs> from Spy Kids? From Spy Kids, yes. I, I don't just, know why, but that's kept it kept popping in my head. I just remember Thumb Thumb just making me the reason I'm laughing so much, and I think you know why. Coach Thumb. Yes. You... <laughs> yes. yes. I forgot about that guy, but yes. Oh, I'm man. not going to say names, but. Oh my! God. One of the the kids I this was a number of years ago had a nickname for a, a former track coach was the nickname was Coach Thumb because apparently he looked like a thumb. But um, wow, that I, that's the reason I'm I'm laughing so hard at that. I I had nothing. That's the best I could do. Um, spirit animal. Why did I ask this question? Um, I have no idea. I'm gonna say. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to say I'll, I'm going to be good, just whatever the bald eagle for obvious reasons. Because they're bald. Like for I obvious like reasons. One. The bald eagle. Plus, not only that, aren't they supposed to be like wise, majestic, majestic, majestic yes. creatures? No, not wise. That's owls. That's, that's owls majestic. wise. So majestic. The majestic have great bald eagle. That's right. I could also say frosty because frost <laughs> like frost is Rudolph. I, well, but here. I, for some reason, one of these girls that I have as a rec in a rec class, I was climbing a rope because it was fun week and we let them climb ropes. And I'm climbing a rope and all of a sudden I hear her scream. I'm, so I'm like almost 25 feet up in the air. She's like, do it for your mom, Frosty. And I just lost it and almost <laughs> fell. And I don't know why. And she called, started calling me this in like October. <laughs> and she keeps calling me that. It's one of those ones you just let it, let it happen. Let it happen. It One of those is. nicknames that the second you get called it, you know that's going to stick. And then she's like five, so obviously I can't be like, oh, okay. Like, hey, kid, don't call me Frosty. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, oh, man. Uh, so Frosty also could be one. Oh, I love it. So we got the bald eagle. We got Thumb Thumb. 
And what was yours, bad from that, like, wacky TV show? Cheese. Cheese. And it... That's true. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> How is that a kid's show? Exactly. Like any of the shows we grew up with on Cartoon Network. None of this shit. Like, Courage the Cowardly Dog. Like, are you kidding me? Terrified me. Oh, I love that show. show. I was. It's I, a great show, but it's so demented. It was. It was scary. And like, like somehow, like my parents, my dad my parents is parents like, yeah, all right, yeah. Who it. cares? It's animated. It's a dog. You'd have dog. Next thing you know, you have random aliens just coming yeah. down and terrifying he's got, like, the a dog. He's like shooting a gun. Like, like <laughs> yeah, what? I know. And then they get like really deep, like talking about how his parents abandoned him. And yeah, stuff. like <laughs> and I was just like, what is going on with my childhood? Everything nowadays is like all happy-go-lucky, like Paw Patrol and crap. Paw Patrol. <laughs> you grew up with this kind of like demented. It twist. makes sense. It does. It makes sense. This is the way. This is why we are the way. We I was gonna say this is this is why. <laughs> this is just why. But all right. That being said, Dan, thanks again for coming on. Um, oh yeah, thanks for having me. Again. You know, we're gonna have to have we're gonna have to have you just use it as an excuse to get out of your uh, out of your housework over there. I'm almost done. Almost done. Another year and a half. <laughs> hey, it'll it'll be there. It'll be done. Then you know. Then you got to have uh, everybody over. We'll do we'll do our episode from there when the house is complete. That is you, true. In the year twenty twenty five. In yes, twenty fifty. <laughs> 2050. After I sell it. Yeah, I was going to say, you flip it for the $50 profit. All right, but thanks again, Dan. Matt, as always, thank you. And we will see you guys next week on Stories from the Sidelines.